Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Pirelli Scorpion Weather Active. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. The Volume. Colin Cowherd podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Monday Morning Podcast. Jimmy Kimmel in a couple of minutes. Fired up for this. I've known Jimmy for a long time. Now, I, I don't normally talk horse racing, except when there's a scandal making front page news. So this morning, I'm talking horse racing. Bob Baffert, banned from Churchill Downs. If you don't know Bob Baffert, he's the silver-haired trainer you see at horse races who's somehow more well-groomed than the horses themselves. His horse, Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit, tested positive for a steroid which is used to treat inflammation. Now, Baffert says he was shocked by the result, even though he had recently been suspended by the Arkansas Racing Commission after two of his horses tested, you guessed it, positive. It seems like if there's anything Bob Baffert should be testing positive for, it's amnesia. Now, I'm not going to point fingers here, but there have been only two horses to win the Triple Crown in the last 43 years, American Pharaoh and Justify. What do you know, both trained by Bob Baffert? There also was never a trainer who won seven Kentucky Derbies until Bob Baffert did it last week. Shocking coincidence. I don't like to single out people. I'm well aware that Baffert's not the only trainer spiking the horse feed. Trainers have been known to give horses all sorts of weird shit. Chemicals that fatten pigs, Viagra, Cobra Venom. I mean, if you're giving a horse Cobra Venom, actually, that's... That's kind of cool. I'd like to try that. Anyway, point is, Bob Baffert says he's being singled out. No, he singled himself out, just like Lance Armstrong, the Houston Astros, the steroid-era sluggers, and a whole lot of Olympians. 
all of these suspected and non-suspected cheaters brought the attention on themselves. And they all have one thing in common. Their biggest accomplishment in their sport may be that they chipped away at its integrity. Actually, it's bigger than that. When we can't trust what we see, it undermines everything around us. We become jaded and distrustful. And when that happens, it allows people to take advantage of that mistrust. They start acting like everyone and everything is corrupt. They make you think everyone and everything's a con. The media can't be trusted. The election was stolen. That photograph of me doing drugs with a porn star was photoshopped. My phone was hacked. It's all a conspiracy. We're at the point right now where people's trust in their leaders, their government, and the media seems to be at all-time lows. And there's a reason. They've earned it. All right, he's been doing late-night television for a long time. He actually started in sports radio. Funny guy. We've had a lot of connections through the years, run into each other. We also know a lot of the same people. Let's bring on Jimmy Kimmel. Let's just start with this. So, okay. Cousin Sal. So yeah. he's now a he's now a <laughs> a very respected, noteworthy uh, <laughs> gaming voice. When, when you guys were like fourteen, did you ever think he's going to matter in the gaming industry in America? <laughs> we didn't even know there was a gaming industry in America. But I will tell you this about Cousin Sal: he was selling parlay cards when he was in like junior high school. He was really his gambling career started flipping baseball cards. Most kids will flip baseball cards, and it's like, yeah, all right, yeah, I want. He he would not stop flipping baseball cards. You remember that flipping baseball cards? Would you do yeah, that? Yeah, but it, no, I'm from rural America. Who would I flip them to? Like you guys, did right. you grow up in the city? We grew up. Well, Sal was in Long Island. I moved out to Las Vegas from Brooklyn when I was nine years old. I would spend the summers with Sal, or he'd come spend the summers with me. We'd play Stratomatic Baseball. We'd, you know, he was just always really interested in numbers. He would, like, when he'd come to visit us, he'd make a list of every item in his luggage and, and have to check off each item. And in fact, they lost his luggage. And, and the people at the airline said, is there anything in your bag that might be um, unusual, that might be uh, something that would stand out? And he said, yes, uh, here's the whole list of every single thing in my <laughs> <laughs> he's it's, just got it's, yeah it's like ocd turned into gambling well he's a very bright guys i mean I, I always have this kind of thing i think comedians are all bright i mean an actor has uh good looking parents and the cheekbones line up but a comedian <laughs> you write your shit you get one chance to perform it um you are judged harshly live and i've and i've always felt like comedies don't get like i, I remember watching was it called 40 year old virgin and I remember telling a friend that was as good a movie and as hard a movie to pull off as I'd ever seen. First of all, a lot of comedies got, they, they're great for eight minutes and they've got to close, but they can never, the arcs don't work. Right. And I said, that's the only comedy I've ever seen. The last 20 minutes is better than the first 20. And the first 20 were great. I, I think Steve Carell is a prime example. I look at him and I think, shit, Jimmy, he may be as talented as anybody in Hollywood. Oh, no question about it. It's I mean, it's funny that you have more emphasis put on the dramatic actors when uh, let's see some of them try to be funny. Whereas you can see Steve Carell is and he's done it, he, you know, is a is a real actor. I mean, he's, he's yes. talented. Yeah. And comedy, as far as comedians go, they, now, I, make no mistake, there are some dumb ones, but uh, <laughs> there aren't many. 
there are some though and uh, but it's pretty rare you do have to have something going on and even some of the guys that seem like they're dumb uh, most of those guys are among the smarter types well it's funny <clears throat> like when i listen to seinfeld whose backstory's uh interesting i look at him and jay leno as joke constructors it's almost mechanical it's not ironic they both love cars they are great constructors of jokes and then there's other comedians. Richard Pryor, to me, was just so damn naturally funny. Right, like, right. Right, like how— do, Like Tracy Morgan the, is not um, play, paying careful attention to the detail <laughs> in his joke, but he's always very funny. Well, I think Seinfeld, though, to say he's—to to pigeonhole him like that isn't—I actually had Seinfeld on the show, and I'd been watching a basketball game, and I said— you know, he reminds me of Steph Curry, the way, because he does all the basics so spectacularly well. And he's just like loose and he plays when he, he does stand up with a flow or this material is all prepared. It is not off the cuff. There's nothing rough about it. And yet it doesn't feel like it's scripted. It doesn't, it just feels, it just flows. And that's the, that's one of the things, especially like with your radio show, you know that when there's a flow, that's when it went well. When it's starting and stopping, it's like, you know, you didn't have chemistry or somebody didn't do a good job. When you, where was the first time, Jimmy, you were at a club and either before or after, or perhaps just watching, you were like, oh, wow, that's like a craftsman. Like, that's brilliant. Um, at a comedy club, I used to come to LA when I was growing up uh, living in Vegas. I would come to LA and I'd go to the improv. Yeah. And I'd see all these comics that I knew from Letterman. And some of these guys never really became household names. But to me, right. they were really big stars. I remember seeing Dave Attell once oh, yeah. up in San Francisco and really being really laughing so hard that I was almost incapacitated. It was just like like this guy is just every bit of him is funny. His material is funny. His his voice is everything about him is funny. And just he just destroyed that night. And that one is someone that stands out. Somebody I knew once was at the comedy store with Jim Carrey. And I think he had to follow him. Jim was really young. And he's like, how do you follow like Plastic Man? How do you follow like Jim's stuff was so raw and new. Like, it yeah. was weird. It was, I don't even know. I remember when I was in Vegas, they had a comedy store at the Dunes. At the Dunes. Right. And there was a guy named Finnis Henderson. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And it was the first time I saw an impersonator, you know, like Rich Little. I'm a small town kid. Then I saw Finnis and I was like, Jesus. And then there was a guy that passed away that was at the Mirage. Danny Gans. Danny Gans, yeah. Okay. Danny Gans, yeah. And Roy yeah, Firestone and, also, who was, uh, did a lot of that stuff, mostly musical imitations. Jim was imitating characters he'd created, <laughs> you know, like Fireman. Jim yeah. was like almost like an outlier. Like uh, I, I, I always thought, you know, when you list great stand-up comedians, there's a lot of them. Pryor's always up there, Lenny Bruce. I've seen some tapes of Carrie, and I'm like, good God, it's a he's not tsunami. even he's in a, just a different category. You can't exactly. even really call him a stand up comedian. He's like, uh, you know, it's like he's like, you know, he, every once in a while you, you there are these keyboard players 
and some of them are great and you know they're you're like oh this guy is great and i'm really enjoying this music i'm really connecting with it and then there are keyboard players who are like there for keyboard play like they're just beyond it's almost you can't even relax and listen to them because it's so dazzling and it's, it's so musical and you know, jim carrey robin williams you know these guys are it's i mean they are i don't even know if you can call them stand-up comedians they're just like um they're they're more like musicians just jamming or something yeah it's like russell westbrook somebody said the other day he's just a spectacle i don't know yeah. what to do he he's a guard that can't shoot and he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a spectacle. You can't Iverson to a large degree. You had to build a team kind of around him. He didn't fit into stuff. And in the end, you were just like, he confused Jordan. Jordan struggled to guard him. And he, I don't know if he was a winning basketball player, but you're like, Robin Williams is like that. It would probably be hard to be on the set with Robin, to share the stage with Robin. Like he's he was so gifted. You had to kind of move out of the way and let it happen, maybe. Yeah, it's like being on stage with Prince. It's like you're not going to step <laughs> into the spotlight and take a solo. Do you, you know, you. It's interesting because your background is sports and comedy, and you sometimes you interview people uh, in Hollywood. And I, when I watch you or I watch other late night hosts, when I when I'm bringing people, I'll bring a comedian. I'll bring David Spade on, or if you were available, I'll bring funny guys on Fiverr. Bill Burr, I bring on a few times a year if he's got something he wants to promote. But I basically do sports guys, authors, and an occasional comedian. And when I bring comedians on, like yourself, I, I like talking comedy, but I don't try to make them funny. I'm not funny. So I just kind of like, we, we just talk. Sometimes you have to interview Hollywood people. You're forced to watch a show you wouldn't necessarily love. I've had an, one awkward interview in my career, Jim Harbaugh. It was awful. It was, <laughs> oh God, it was awful. Well, Jim. he seems like such a charming man. I'm shocked by that. <laughs> That's really surprising to me. I, boy, I would think he would really shine. But have you ever been on the set and thought, oh, good hell, this is, I'm not sure where this is going. Ever been? It happens every week. <laughs> but it, it's hard, right? A lot. Yeah. These, these are actors and you may not deeply care about, like, do you have to fake it? Yeah, well, I'm always interested in everyone. And it's a funny thing because... I talked to the audience during the commercial breaks back when we used to have audiences in our building and I love talking to them and I, I am genuinely curious and I don't think you can do this job without, I mean, I think you are genuinely curious and I, yeah. we're seeing that right now. You can't do this job without that. So it is up to me to find something interesting to talk to that person about when they're not interested in necessarily answering questions. And the worst is when they start mentioning people that no one in the audience knows by their first name or you know somebody who's uh some kind of like uh like ad that is known in hollywood and not known anywhere else and you're just like hey uh come on now we're we're trying to communicate with the <laughs> viewers at home we were you know let's not exclude them by mentioning people that nobody knows and talking about things that nobody understands let's try to let's try to remember that they're here we're not just having a conversation at dinner you know, you talk to the audience during the break, Jimmy. I don't think everybody does that. I Why love it. It's it? my favorite part of the show. I, um, I'm i not sure, really, because I've never really... I mean, I've been on Colbert's show, and I, I don't even... I don't think I was even paying attention to whether he spoke to the audience. I used to talk to the audience before the show for a long time. 
And uh, Don Rickles was on my show one night. It was the first time he was on, and I was out there talking to the audience. I basically warmed them up myself. And afterwards, he's like, let me give you some advice. He said, uh, don't, the first time they see you speak should be when the cameras are rolling on, on TV. And I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Maybe I'll give that a try. And he was totally right. It's basic show business. The first time they see, you know, when you talk to them, they then they're pretending when you walk out and they clap, you know, because it's <laughs> the second time point. they've seen you. So uh, it's the reason why I don't talk to the guests on the show before the show, because I don't want to have a fake. I don't want to start the interview on a fake note by going, hey, how you doing? Like, I already know how they're doing. I just saw them 25 minutes ago. So I this first time I will see them is when they walk out on the stage. The Colin Coward Podcast. Proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free. No deposit required at all. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly. Instantly when you make your first deposit with their 20% deposit match. Why do you play on FanDuel? First of all, FanDuel Fantasy, easy to use app. Take five seconds. Pick a new team every game. Compete for top cash payouts. For new users, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with their 20% deposit match. So just go to FanDuel.com slash Cowherd. That pays the bill for us. FanDuel.com slash Cowherd for more info. FanDuel.com slash Cowherd. They know we sent you FanDuel more ways to win. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires, all-weather tires, dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Pirelli test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my day. <laughs> I didn't think Leno, I thought Leno was always, and I don't mean to make anybody uncomfortable, kind of a clunky interviewer. He was a comedian. That was not his natural thing. You've been on radio shows, morning shows. Your, your chemistry is excellent. You've been in banter with multiple people. You've interviewed people. Your sports background actually, I think, is an asset. You're not just a comedian. You've been on The Man Show, morning radio in LA. Have you ever thought to yourself, you're a, like, I think of you, Jimmy, as a broadcaster. I don't well, think, I mean, that is yeah. what I am. And, and, and in fairness to Jay Leno, if I were to, uh, decide to do stand up. I would be terrible at it. <laughs> you know, it would take me a long time to get good at it. But that's what I, you know, I started on on the radio, and I never intended to be a stand up comic, and I never imagined I would be the host of a talk show. I was just uh, always the character, kind of the side guy. Yeah. Uh, on Kevin and Bean, a morning show on K Rock here in L.A. I worked there. I did sports for five years, and I was a character. I had like a thick New York accent. Yeah. I exaggerated, and uh, <laughs> it never occurred to me that I'd be doing anything like this. And if you watch those early shows, you can see that uh, I was absolutely terrible at it. No, 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 no. I uh, watched yeah, early. Oh, yeah. P- <laughs> I watched PTI early. Uh huh. With Tony, Tony was orange back there. He didn't get the makeup initially. And uh-huh. Mike, and they say their show was terrible. No, it wasn't terrible because they were both interesting people. Your show wasn't terrible. It wasn't as refined. You were like a great, right. you were like a really talented chef. You just didn't have the foie gras. It wasn't, it was a little runny. It wasn't quite right. But The you meatballs see the were talent. raw in the middle and I was throwing them at people. <laughs> throwing them at their heads. <laughs> when, when, when you go... When you guys are searching for, because I do about two hours prep every morning just to kind of get the show ramped up. I want to take the audience somewhere. When you're sitting kind of in the room, are there certain, is an acerbic guy better for you? Do you look for writers that fill in blanks for you that, um, that are like, what, what works with you? Yes. I love one of the things that I read about 30, 40 pages of material every morning and the writers will, they'll write stuff and then I whittle it down and then I make it into a monologue. I actually type it out, you know, and make it into a monologue. But what I love is, and I mostly get this from female writers is when I find out about something I didn't know anything about, 
like my wife is a writer on the show and i learned that uh, she and then it turns out many other women will um, buy an outfit and then wear it and if they get no comments on it positive uh return it (laughs) which is completely bonkers to me it's something that i never would have known in my life i I just can't even imagine doing something like that i think it might be illegal uh and (laughs) and i find out about these things uh, from different you know now from younger people you know you learn about i always like seeing what's going on with this online dating i'm always curious as to just how it works, how the, you know, how you say goodbye to somebody, how do you, uh, you know, what these dates are like. I love learning this stuff. So we do try to have a variety of voices when it comes to gender, age, and race. So that's the, important to me to, because the audience is mixed. So I don't want everything, and everything does come from my point of view, obviously, but sometimes I'll go, did you know that, you know, some women do this? You know, that's the way I look at it. You know, Jimmy, when you got into this thing, you're in a network now, uh, and also a big platform for you is YouTube. I'm on cable. We don't have these cable police hovering over our content every day. So it's very easy. I come in, I do prep, do the show, off at noon, play tennis. It's an easy life. You have corporate heads. Um, The FCC is I mean, I just think your preparation is probably much more intense than the guy at home thinks. They think Jimmy comes in, they got writers. It's a couple of quick jokes. The process for you, can it be daunting? Because does it it take the funny out of the funny? There's no tennis for me, that's for sure. There's no time (laughs) for me to do anything. um, I'm obsessed with the show. I just think that I know that you have to keep feeding this monster and you can never come up with enough. You know, you do a show every day and it's going to be as good as you make it. And of course, some of it is just left to chance, but it's going to be as good as you make it, especially when it comes to the monologue. So I really don't stop working on it ever. I'm always thinking about it, always working on it. Even when I'm watching, I'm watching a game or watching a TV show or something, I'm thinking like, oh, I, I'm sure you do this. And I, I know you say you go play tennis or whatever, but I know that it's much more than that because there's no way you could do it this well if you weren't thinking about any of this stuff. You come in with observations and things you want to talk about, and it's just the muscle that you always have to exercise. Most people can just relax and watch TV. And when you do this like we do, you can't, You well, unless you want to be bad at it, but you can't do that. Jimmy, you know what I do? I prepare for an hour and a half show and I do like, I found it early in my career that I was uh, a little paralyzed on notes. So I create an hour and a half and then I want to force myself to fill in some of the canvas. And I find that nervous energy makes me funnier. Do you go in with it? So I kind of feel like I, okay, I got 12 minutes to fill here. I got to figure it out. And I think I tend to be a little funnier when I'm, when I'm desperate or do you, do you, do you ever go into a segment and think, you know, I've watched some old doc severance and Johnny Carson bits, the Thanksgiving ones legendary. And I think, shit, was that all scripted or was there just something to nervous energy there? Do you ever have moments where you think, God, this show, it's not great. And in fact, it forces you the the anxiety forces you into a great show. Uh, A couple of things do. 
in the guest segments primarily because the monologue is it's written you know the monologue is written and there are moments of uh, where I'll chat with Guillermo or if I need to stretch a little bit because time is important but um, the monologue is mostly predetermined but in the guest segments what I try to do is go in with a plan these are some things we can talk about. And the best case scenario for me is if we don't talk about any of those things. I know I have them to fall back on, but I want it to be natural and I want it to flow. And And most of the time it does. And that's the difference between me, uh, the first five years of the show and, and now. Like the first five years of the show, there were definitely some home run moments some yeah. grand slam moments maybe even but there were also a lot of pop flies and there and so the show is more consistent now and i i know what to do and also just like there's a respect level and i'm sure you felt this from the athletes etc that you interview is like when they know who you are they care more uh, they answer your questions in a, maybe a more honest or thoughtful way whereas i had times on my show where i was interviewing a guest and the guest wasn't even listening to me and had turned around to talk to the other guest sitting on the couch and where i felt like like oh this is what it's like at parties where i can't get anyone to <laughs> even listen to me when did you find your voice though like your comedic tone it wasn't your first day on the air. Was there was there a Zen moment for you and you thought driving home thinking, you know what, man, this is what I am and I'm proud of it and I'm good at it. It was just very gradual, really. It wasn't. And, and it's always changing it. You know, when I started, it was all I mean, I would throw bombs. You know, I did the man show and I did, uh, yeah. you know, as a sports guy and, you know, I said crazy stuff a lot of times and I was looking for an explosion you know because I wasn't the main guy when you are the main guy you can't really do that you know if um I'm sure I'm dating myself too much but like if Jim Ignatowski was the star of Taxi uh, it wouldn't necessarily have been a, a popular show maybe I can come up with a more current reference no I can't but <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's like yes. you have to when you play the role of the main guy you have to be a little bit more even keeled um, we both know Bill Simmons well. You know him better than I do. He used to write for your show. He said he left it on his terms. Be honest. It was one of those, listen, we're going to fire you. Why don't you say that? So we <laughs> You know what? I'll tell you what, what really happened. It was an interesting situation because Bill was, I read his writing and I was a fan of his and mm -hmm. uh, I read him for probably a year, never discussed it with anyone. And then I sent him an email uh, because he wrote about me and uh, and he it was very complimentary. And I was like, oh, wow, he wrote about me. And I sent him an email and said, hey, I've been reading your your stuff for over a year. And I think you're really funny. And we exchange emails. And then, I don't know, maybe a year and a half later, I got the show. And I really felt like Bill's approach to sports writing was what I wanted to do on my show. Um, you know, whether, you know, it's kind of a pop culture mix of news and um, uh, sports and all the things that I was interested in. And so I I hired him. I actually flew him and his wife out. I picked them up at the airport in my old crappy Jeep Wagoneer, and they were impressed by my um, me pretending to be down to earth in my Wagoneer. And so <laughs> uh, I, they, I made a good impression on them and hired Bill. Now, Bill hadn't been making much money in Boston, and then he comes out to work for me at ABC, and he's making a pretty good living. But ESPN, now he's working part-time for them, starts to say, hey, we want more of you. And I got in a situation where 
I was almost in a bidding war against ESPN. I mean, Bill didn't play it like that. Finally, it got to the point ESPN where they were like, they made it a dumb decision for Bill not to leave. But they basically um, bought him, bought him from me. You know, they they paid right. him so much money that he couldn't stay. How do you ensure your writers are happy? Awards mean a lot to them. Not saying they don't for Jimmy Kimmel, but you are luxuriously paid and you are the face of the franchise. How do you make sure writers feel appreciated? Um, I think it's really simple as if something is funny, acknowledging that they did is funny. And believe me, I could do a much better job of that. Um, but because this is a, like a shark, it's always moving forward, but <laughs> they know when I like, you know, I get it, you know, if they get a big laugh, that's really your reward as a writer besides getting paid, but just getting a big laugh is, is a great reward. Okay. Naive question. Really dorky. Only a couple more left. I always thought if I did this show, I wouldn't want to show a preference. So I would want all the jokes to be sent to me anonymously. Mm -hmm. So because because if I thought somebody was funny, I would start leaning into them thinking, well, Bob or Jane gives me the best jokes. How do you not like start going to somebody over and over again? Because you go out one night and Jane has two jokes and they both kill. The next day you're going to think I'm going to listen to Jane. Jane jokes kill. She's got, you know. Well, my daughter's name is Jane, and you're right. The Jane jokes do kill. Um, she drew a, a picture of her brother's penis yesterday. That is, oh, is going, yeah, it is going to be cherished for many, many generations of Kimmels. <laughs> but I actually it goes the other way. I sometimes feel like if somebody isn't getting jokes on, I'll look at their jokes a little bit harder um, than I would somebody who's getting a lot of jokes on. And, you know, you can sometimes breeze by stuff that's good and miss it. Uh, so I think that it, I go the other way. I also have developed this weird, I could tell you with probably 85% accuracy, which of my writers wrote which joke, because I know their styles. It's almost like handwriting to me now. I know the subjects. I know their like kind of go-to keywords. I know their areas of interest. And I really could tell you with uh, stunning accuracy who wrote what. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires. Dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for a couple of years. Mobile tire installations available all over the country. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to your home or work. Install them on site. Game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. See their Kumo test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're experts. TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. 
as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> You're one of the good guys in the business. Um, I. It's funny. I'm a sports guy who wanted to be Johnny Carson but knew I wasn't funny enough. You are... A funny guy. Let me guess. You you looked at Bob Costas, but you knew you couldn't do baseball good enough. How did it work for you? Who were your influences? Um, I loved Bob Costas when I was a kid. I still, I still love do. Bob Costas. I and did an I hour think... with him a week, two weeks ago. It was as much fun. Oh. I love Bob. I had dinner with Al Michaels and Bob Costas one night, and it was just the best. I mean, they were they have just stories and stories and stories. And I love baseball and I love hearing that stuff. Uh, Bob also, I remember when I I really uh, became enamored with Bob Costas was when he was on Letterman uh, doing play by play for the elevator races they had. Yes. And I was yes. like, that guy's funny. And the other guy was Vince McMahon. So <laughs> Bob was on one end and Vince McMahon was on the other end. And Letterman <laughs> relentlessly goofed on Vince. And Bob was just so straight and he didn't he didn't try to get the laughs. They just came to him because he got it. He knew what his role was there. And I think his interviews, I think he's one of the best. When he did that show on NBC, he's one of the best. His, the, his, the extent of his knowledge is dazzling to me. Yeah, he, he did an interview with um, I, it was like a four parter with Don Rickles. I've told Bob this. It's the best thing he's ever done. I don't care about the Olympics. I don't care about baseball. I don't care about the NBA finals. I've told him Richard Lewis is hard to interview. He is. You so- know, it's funny. You mentioned Richard Lewis. I remember Richard Lewis being so hilariously angry because they had to scrap an episode yes. he did with Bob yes. because Bob was laughing too much. <laughs> and he came on and Lewis came on the next interview and said, so I was simply too funny as a comedian. <laughs> that is a nightmare. I mean, really like that is a nightmare. I just did like something with this website and, 
I was goofing on the guy while he was trying to read the intro and it was funny and they and they're like okay let's try that again and I'm like oh I thought this was I thought we were supposed to be having fun <laughs> I hate when producers get, are become uh, start you know they're supposed to produce not do the opposite I hate when they get in the way of what's funny just because it's clunky it could still be funny if it's clunky did you see when um Norm McDonald had David Spade in his show and Spade crushed for 12 minutes, and he goes, we haven't been taping this. And, of course, they had. Spade <laughs> Spade was apoplectic. He just, what's the point? I can't duplicate it. Hey, listen, you're one of the, you're one of the all-time great guys. Same with you, Colin. I, 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 uh, I listen to you, and I think you are great, and congratulations on, on your new thing, and I hope it goes fantastically well. Good luck to you and your fam, buddy. You too. Take care. All right. Hope you enjoyed 30 minutes of Jimmy Kimmel. I did. Funny guy. Good dude. All right. We have a big, big week coming up. Dabo Sweeney is stopping by. NFL is releasing its schedule on Wednesday. A couple of surprise guests. Follow us at The Volume Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Rate, review, and subscribe. Have a great Monday. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Get in zone. AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply.